What the fuck is up, gamers? Welcome to the new podcast, uh, the new Noise Space podcast. <laughs> Welcome we- to the OC, bitch! Welcome to the OC, bitch! Oh, wow, that was right in front of me and I didn't even, I didn't even grab it. Um, <laughs> we are back with our new podcast. Whether you listen to City Girls Make Do or not, we're, we're changing it up. We're switching coasts. We're on the West Coast now, bitches. Uh, California, mm-hmm. here we come. We are county girls now. <laughs> yes, we have got blonde highlights in our hair. We're wearing bikinis. Um, we started surfing. We're on. We're on a new. We're in a new fucking vibe. We're also, we're teenagers now. Instead of being, I like how we went from like, okay, well, let's analyze the lifestyles of these uh, women in their mid thirties to like, okay, yeah, now we're teenagers. Absolutely refuse to talk about anyone our own age. No, well, I mean, we're teenagers, but it's kind of like the Riverdale thing of like, oh, we're yeah. teenagers, but we're like 25. <laughs> like, I think, like, I was watching it and I was like, okay. And when Sandy's like, oh, he's just a kid. I'm like, he's like 18, but I guess he's meant to be like 16. Yeah. But they everyone look- is... Yeah, and like I watch Riverdale, and I can suspend my disbelief enough when like to think, okay, yes, Lily Reinhardt could be a eighteen year old. Sure, I can believe this, even though she's like twenty four or twenty five or something like that. I do find it a bit hard to believe that Adam Brody is supposed to be like a seventeen year old or however old he is in the show. He's twenty six. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. You can argue the ethics of casting teenagers all you like. But, like, for the show, it makes sense. They're fucking doing cocaine at one point, And I'm like, yeah, you can't uh-huh. let teenagers do this. Um, but we need to have Yeah, I'm fine sexy. with it. Mm-hmm. And they need to be kind of sexy, you know, for the show to work. So, whatever. I'm fine with it. Like, my, honestly, one of my favorite, like, subgenres is sexy teen drama. Like the OC or One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl, I live for that shit. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, no, fully. Like this is why Riverdale is like my favorite show on TV right now. It's literally just because I love, I love over heightened teen drama where the drama is just so beyond what the fuck you would ever see when you were a teenager like literally none of this would ever happen to me and it's not even just because they're rich in the oc it's just part of it is because they're rich but part of it is also just like it's so over the top to be tv drama and i just love it i just eat it up yeah like i'm i mean i was a big watcher of skins as a teenager oh yeah and i was like this is what my life is gonna be my life isn't like that now like I mean, right before the pandemic, there was a moment where I was like, oh my god, I'm living skins. And then immediately everything got shut down. So I couldn't be at parties where people were, you know, pissing in plant pots and shit. So (laughs) it's fine. It's probably for Uh the best that I'm sitting at home with a peppermint tea in my Prince Charles and Diana commemorative wedding mug. But like, Uh you know what I mean? It's fun to live vicariously through these 25-year-old teenagers. And their parents. <laughs> mm. I guess I'm we should probably... 
Yeah, we should introduce ourselves because, like, well, okay, so we should probably just introduce ourselves because who knows? Maybe people are listening to this for the first time who didn't listen to our Sex and the City podcast. Uh, It's pretty obvious. Oh, someone who didn't listen to ninety nine episodes of the other podcast where we just lost our minds more and more every time. Yeah, it's easy to tell us apart because I'm Stephanie and I'm the one who doesn't have a British accent, (laughs) Uh, and I'm Alex and I'm the one who doesn't have a Canadian accent. Exactly. So it's it's really easy. And I mean, that's not the only difference, but you know. <laughs> no, there. I mean, physically, there's a lot of differences between us. Vocally, um, the accent's the main one. I'd say we probably talk at different cadences. I don't know. I've got voice class tomorrow. I really don't want to think about my own voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, mood. Yeah. Should we the episode then? Or do we want to talk more about like why we, we love it? I feel like it'll come up. Like, well, like, we could also talk about, we can briefly talk about our backgrounds with the show, maybe, in case. So, like, I watched The O.C. as it was airing in, like, what, 2005, I want to say, when it started. I was, I think I was in grade nine. So I was in, I was, like, in early high school. It was very much like you would see pictures of, like, the main four characters on, like, teen people when that was still a thing or, like, all of the the teen magazines that you would see. Um, and it was very much just, like, I was the 15-year-old or 14-year-old or however the fuck old I was who was very much, like, Team Seth. Seth is so hot and nerdy. I love him because I was an idiot and I was 14. Um, I watched, I started watching it probably when the show was like, I don't think I watched it with the pilot. I think I started it around like when it was like maybe 10 episodes deep or something like that. And I watched it until about halfway through season three, I want to say. I never finished the show. So I watched like, yeah, like Marissa, like not to, it's been a long time. I, I like not to get too ahead of ourselves with spoilers, but like Marissa was still alive when I stopped watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think so. Like I watched it like very casually. I just had a look. The first this episode came out in two thousand three, which oh geez, okay, yeah. so maybe I was in middle school then. Yeah, but um, I watched it just like casually. It used to be shown like there was this TV block in the UK on Channel 4 called, like, T4, which was – it was in the mornings on, like, Saturdays and Sundays, and it was, you know, for, like, teens to, like, early 20s. Basically, it's, it was made for, like, when you're hungover or in bed mm-hmm. as you're a teenager. So it was a great idea. They don't do it anymore. But basically, they'd have, like, music videos, interviews with, like, celebrities, and then they'd show, like, American – tv shows or like reruns of stuff like so okay. it was like it was perfect to just kind of put on and mindlessly zone out in the morning too um yeah. and i also had two sisters who were like 10 years older than me so they were teenagers and i was like so if it was 2003 when it came out i would have been like seven oh wow yeah wait yeah i gotta find out like exactly when i started watching it because i'm like okay it i hate that oh never mind that's why i was like why is it showing me the oc music when i google it that's because i was looking up the oc music yesterday <laughs> i cannot wait to talk, talk about the music the <gasps> oc mixes and stuff like oh fucking my god christ yeah but i um, so i would i was like a like a tween ish when it was like showing 
And um, mm-hmm. I kind of dipped in now a bit, but obviously, like, my sisters watched it religiously, so I knew all about it. Um, I love the drama. I don't know if I was, I guess I was Team Seth. Like, I think I thought he was cuter, which I think Adam Brody is cute. He's very cute. Yeah. Um, objectively, Seth is a whiny asshole, but at the time, I didn't see that. So cute boy. Yes. Um, in fact, I it was the it- same as watching yeah. that '70s show, and I was yeah. very much like, "Oh, Eric Foreman is so cute." When I was what? like in middle school, yeah, I was in middle school, and I was like, "Oh, Eric is so cute. He's so nerdy." And uh, I didn't oh, expect yeah. you to say that. Sorry. <laughs> I know, but it, I, I see now. I rewatched a bunch of that '70s show in my like early to mid twenties, and I was like. Eric is the worst. Like, he <gasps> truly just really sucks. Like, <laughs> I but, yeah. I also rewatched that 70s show, like, a couple years ago. And I was like, wow, Hyde's really cute. And then they were like, he's black. And I stopped watching. <laughs> as soon as they yeah. got to the point where they were like, his dad's black. I was like, I can't. This is yeah, getting, this getting out of hand now. It was yeah. a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I remember vividly... Like, I got this, like, teenage girl magazine, and they always had posters in the middle. And yes. one day, on one side was Adam Brody, and then on the other side was Kanye West. And this was, like, 2007, like, right around, like, when, like, College Dropout came out. So Kanye West was at, like, peak cuteness, and also peak, like, oh, that his music's really good, he's really fresh. And before he got kind uh-huh. of, you know, troubled, yeah. we'll say. Um, <laughs> And I was having a really tough time on which side of the poster I wanted to put up on my wall. And I think I decided on Adam Brody. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough call. Yeah. It's like in that era, it's a tough call. Oh, yeah. That was like, yeah. I mean, like 10, 11-year-old me was like, life is hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, I really, I was very in the mind. Like, we're going to get to the shit that some of the shit that Seth does as we go through the episodes. But there were things where I was like, he's very justified in doing these things. And now I'm just like, oh, Seth, what the fuck is wrong with you? I just, (laughs) even this episode, I was like, yeah, incel. Incel. Yeah, no, fully. (gasps) Yeah, no, rewatching it now, I'm just like, Oh, yeah, like, Ryan, for sure, is so, like, way better than Seth in every way possible. I mean, he's still no Sandy, but... Now I'm an adult, I put such childish things behind me, and I am fully into Sandy Cohen. Oh, yeah. I want to take him away from Kristen, be like, she's trash. Me. Mm -hmm. I'm young, I'm sexy, get all the money in the divorce, I can be yours, I can be Seth's evil stepmother. Yeah, I fully, like, I knew going into it, like, my my name in the Discord has been, like, Dilf King Sandy Cohen for a, a couple weeks now. I knew going into rewatching it that Sandy was going to be, you know, like, the true heart of the show, the thing that I really loved most about it. But, like, I was not prepared. I was not prepared to watch this pilot and just fully fall in love with Sandy Cohen. Because it's like, first of all, yes, he is the Dilf King of the Orange County and of the world. But, like, also just his character is so good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. His character is, like, fucking lawful good. Just, like, he's a good person. He's funny. He seems sweet. 
he's hot. When Peter Gallagher showed up in Frankie and Grace, Grace and Frankie, I I was a bit like, oh, okay. Guilt, mm-hmm. guilt king Sandy Cohen. <laughs> it was yes. great. Seeing him flirt with Jane Fonda, I was like, yes, I want this relationship to work out. Oh, it's good shit. And like, yeah, well, I mean, maybe we should get into the episode because then we can talk about the specifics of like why Sandy is truly just the best character of the entire (laughs) 2000s, maybe. Yeah. And I beg you to try to submit a better character from the 2000s than Sandy Cohen. Like, send us an ask about it if you want to. But like, there just isn't. He's just the best. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, like I said, like, I think you just take a drink every time we like stand Sandy. You want to get blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. That's just take a bong, take a bong rip every time we're like Sandy's good. You'll be on the floor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, we this this is a strong pilot. Like I like rewatching oh, yes. it. I'm like, yeah, this holds up in 2021. It's got a nine out of ten on IMDb, which I think is earned, and I think the. I think this pilot was also nominated for like awards for writing. Like it's just, it sets up all the characters and it sets up the theme of the show really well. I was nearly Mm -hmm. crying at the end. It's really, it's pretty good. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, We get like a real little taste of all these characters who are even ones that we don't even see a ton. Like we don't see Marissa's mom, Julie, a ton, but we get like a glimpse into her. I feel like you get a really good vibe of what these characters are about without even having their plots like delved deeply into just from the pilot. It's good. (laughs) Just from uh, Judy Cooper wearing a pink velour tracksuit. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know that bitch. I know that woman. And I love her. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so we start out and Ryan is with his brother and, like, they are just on the street at night and his brother is, like, breaking into a car, like, fully just smashes the windshield to steal it. And he's like, come on, you little bitch, to Ryan, like, get in the car. (laughs) And Ryan's, like, apprehensive about it because we know Ryan is, like, he's not the kind of person who wants to steal a car for no reason. No. Um, But he looks back and he sees, like, a cop car kind of drive by and he's like, hmm, (laughs) this could be bad. (laughs) I wonder if this will be important later. Yeah. Um, But he jumps in the car because the cop car, like, backs up and starts chasing them. And, like, it's a pretty short chase scene. They end up, like, crashing the stolen car and Ryan gets, like – I mean, he's the passenger. He's not the one who stole the car, but obviously he's still going to get in trouble for it. So Mm -hmm. he ends up, like, in – prison or jail i guess yeah he's not like fully arrested (laughs) he gets arrested and like then we meet sandy who's his public defender signed as a lawyer and he's like so he explains that his brother trey um because he had a gun he had weed and he's um over 18 like he's going to jail there's nothing they can do about that really which I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, if you're going to steal a cop, we don't have, like, a gun and weed on you. Like, do what? Like, come on. He's got, he's, he set himself up there. I'm like, all right. There's yeah. only so much you can, at that point, I'm like, all right. There's only so much you can do. It. There's also, like, I don't know what, there's, there's, they never explain why he's stealing the car. So it's not no. like I'm even, like, sympathetic to, like, oh, maybe there is a reason he needed to do this or whatever. He's just this, like, white guy 
stealing a car. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't sympathize. But <laughs> we obviously sympathize with Ryan. Yeah, because like, Ryan doesn't have any priors. Yeah. Um, and Sandy also explains that, like, while his grades aren't good, like, his test scores are, and he's in, like, the 98 percentile. Um, so he's, like, he's trying to – he gives him the tough talk of, like, you need to start looking after yourself and you need to stop moping around and, like, apply yourself to shit because then you can get out. Like, he's trying to say you can get out of poverty by working mm-hmm. hard, which is questionable. But, obviously, Brian's really smart. He's white. Which is the weird thing about this. Like, I googled it because I yeah. remember I saw, like, a Tumblr post a while ago that was, like, I don't know if it was in the spec script or if it was just, like, someone has said it would have made a little bit more sense if Brian was, like, Latino. And then also the population of Chino is, like, mostly yeah. Latino. Um, but, he, yeah, he's blonde as fuck, Ben McKenzie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Sandy's basically saying, like, look, you're smart. If you apply yourself and work hard, you can do something with your life. And Ryan's like, yeah, well, I read that um, people are going to be working until they're 80 in the future, so I don't really want to do that. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's an interesting dynamic because Sandy Sandy even goes into it this episode where he talks about his backstory a bit because Sandy does not come from the wealth of the OC like like his wife does like his wife is old money she her dad is mm-hmm. rich as fuck like that's just what she's from but Sandy like did not come from this like he talks a few times about how he's like seen the world outside of this bubble like he. Um, he married into it. Like, he's, he's still, like, obviously makes a lot less money than his wife does, cause he's not like, he's a lawyer, but he's like a public defender. He's not, you know, like this high profile lawyer man, basically. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure they get into it later in the series that, like, Sandy could very easily be working for, like, a, a good law firm. Um, but he chooses not to because he likes being a public defender. He wants to help people. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, Kirsten, his wife, is like waspy old money. Um, but Sandy himself, like he says, he grew up in the Bronx. His dad left. Um, his mom had to work all the time. And he just, he was smart and he worked hard and got himself out of there. Also married rich, which good for him. Um, he yeah. didn't mention that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It becomes pretty obvious when he like, takes Ryan home, which doesn't happen right away, because, no. like, first, he's, he gives Ryan the talk, and then he's, like, uh, okay, like, he obviously is very compassionate, like, Sandy doesn't just do this because he's, like, wants to make money, like, he genuinely cares about the people he's helping, and he, like, he basically, like, when, when he takes Ryan outside and his mom picks him up and yells at him, he's, like, here's my personal home phone number, call me if you need anything, like, yeah. He's very his, compassionate, yeah. Yeah, his, it, like, Ryan's mom comes, she's shouting at him, and, like, the car's kind of beat down, and she seems, like, I, like, I kind of got the feeling, like, I think they, I think he says at one point that, like, she's an alcoholic, um, because, like, she seems, like, it's just, it's very, it's not a good atmosphere, it's not a good vibe. Um, so yeah, Sandy gives his card, says, call me whenever. Ryan goes home and his stepdad, like, he gets into a fight with his mum. His mum is screaming at him and is like, well, this this line was kind of clunky, but she basically says, like, your dad's in jail, your brother's in jail, and you're going to end up in jail too. 
And then his stepdad punches him in the face. Um, cause Ryan is like, why don't you go look after your own kids instead of mooching off my mother? Um, so it's like he's in a very abusive household and then his mum just kicks him out. And this was the scene. Yeah, he just gets fully kicked out of his place and mm. he doesn't have literally anything. Like he literally leaves with his bike and he the clothes with- on his back. <laughs> I, yeah, he it's really fucked up. Um, but like as soon as he leaves, he gets on his little BMX and like the theme kicks in. California, here we fucking come. Um, mm-hmm. and he rides to this like public phone booth and he starts calling everyone. He's like, "Hey, can I crash on your couch?" Blah blah blah. He's calling multiple people. No one's saying yes. And then finally, he calls Sandy. Yeah, he calls Sandy, and then he just waits by the side of the road, and Sandy comes and picks him up, and is like beautiful black car that's it's just, like bmw yeah also when the t- when the credits are playing um we see a name in the credits that i that matt was like i need to look this up because it was daphne ashbrook and he, he was like is she related to bobby briggs <laughs> and she fully is oh my god uh, ryan's mom ryan's mom is bobby briggs's sister <gasps> That's so ex- Daphne and da- Daphne and Dana love that. Um, yeah, I was right. gonna say this show is produced by McGee, who also produced Charlie's Angels. Um, oh, which is great, and apparently also Josh Schwartz, who's like the showrunner, was twenty six when this started, making him like the youngest showrunner of like a major show. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! But good for him. Like at the time, yeah, he was the youngest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get the theme playing over this, like, it's just great of like Sandy driving Ryan up and they're having like a little talk of just, <laughs> Ryan's like, um, I didn't think public defenders made enough money to buy BMWs. And he's like, no, but my wife does. Love this yeah. <laughs> the gold digging mentality from Sandy. He really looked out. Oh, so good. He's like, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry Rich and then I'm going to do something good with my time because I don't have to worry about paying bills or shit. So yeah, it's good. I also thought it was like kind of weird that he was taking a job in Chino and he lives in the Orange County. But then I looked up the map and they're only like a 35 minute drive apart from each other. It does still seem a bit weird because California is just so densely populated that like you'd think Chino would just have its own public defenders. But like, I guess it's not that much of a stretch to imagine that he would be going out there to help clients, I guess. Yeah. And I guess like... The OC is pretty well off that most people there could afford a lawyer. Yeah. Slash, like, don't necessarily need public defending. Yeah, I mean, sure. I am considering, do I watch The Real Housewives of the, o- of the OC this time? Because, I mean, I'd already been watching Real Housewives of New York. Yeah. Which, randomly, Ca- Candace Bushnell shows up at one point in. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, I just need for context. Yeah. You know I mean? Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it makes sense. It's like a 30 minute drive away. It would be like me going to working in the other side of London. Not even that, like the next borough over. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like it's not far or anything by any means, especially since I know plenty of people who commute to my work from like Scarborough, which means nothing to people who listen to this podcast probably, but like that is like close to Toronto and probably like a 45 minute drive without traffic. So it's like, why would you do this? Why would you do that? But anyway, um, mm. with traffic, it's brutal because driving to Toronto in the fucking 
morning is disgusting. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so they get they park and then Sandy's kind of just like, OK, just just wait in the car for a sec. I'm going to go talk to my wife because I haven't, you know, talked to her about this yet. I was just like, you're coming home with me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to leave you on the street. So we go. <laughs> I love that he goes and talks to fucking Kirsten and <laughs> Sandy's just explaining because like Kirsten, Kirsten's like a little bit you know, apprehensive, like, you just brought some guy home, what? And you just brought some criminal like, home. <laughs> Sandy's just like, well, he's not a felon. He's not a felon. And Kristen's like, well, you met him in jail, didn't you? And he's like, okay, well, he is a felon, but you know, like, he's not. You, like, he's he's a good guy. Like, he's a felon, but he's not a felon. You know what well, I mean? And just, <laughs> he's like, I mean, Sandy's right. Like, he didn't steal the car. He didn't have any priors. Like, but he's also, you met him, like, today. Yeah, um, yeah, you barely know this kid. He just has a good first impression from him. And I love that Kirsten's like, when have you been so self-righteous? And he's like, I've always been self-righteous. What are you talking about? <laughs> I fucking love him. Oh, uh, yeah, so Sandy, so, like, Kirsten's just like, okay, fine. And she walks off and he's like, where are you going? And she says, to put my jewelry in the safe. I'm kidding. I'm going to go get him sheets and towels. Yeah, because like, <laughs> she's like, he can just sleep in the pool house, because, you know, rich people have just, like, a pool house. And this pool house I'm- is nicer than my fucking, like, flat. Like, this pool house is gorgeous. Yeah. It's huge, and it's, like, all glass. It's beautiful. Um, it's so she's beautiful. like, yeah, put him in the pool house. Like, he's sleeping in a yeah. shed. Um, And apparently it's, like, just for the weekend, you know, while he gets back on his feet. And, like, he can go back yeah. home and once it's cooled down and everything. Um, So then... Ryan's outside, uh, smoking a cigarette, um, when he meets Marissa Cooper. And mm-hmm. yeah, this is like the cute, this is like an iconic scene. I mean, this whole pilot's iconic, this scene particularly. Um, yeah. And they start talking and she's like, Oh, who are you? And he says, He tells the truth. He's like, uh, I'm Ryan and I boosted a car. Uh, actually, my brother did. He's going to go to jail. <laughs> My parent, my mom kicked me out, so uh, I'm staying with the Coens for a while. And she's like, Will you fully <laughs> skip over the part where he says, Whoever you want me to be. Oh, oh, <laughs> Which yeah. Is so fucking, it's so, he, the way he delivers all his lines in this scene is so dramatic and broody. Like, he's just like, Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I stole a car. And, uh, yeah, oh my god, yeah, he like tilts his head back and he's like goes into the shadows and he's like smoking a cigarette, like, so, oh, my brother did, and he's in jail, and my dad's in jail too. The original fucking broody boy, Ryan Atwood, he's doing so much uh-huh. in every scene. Like, I even this, my favorite part is like earlier when he's talking to Sandy and he's like, like every time he says anything, he kind of like tilts his head and he's like, yeah. Um, so I, I read that people are gonna work until they're 80. It's like, yeah. oh my god, cheer up, dude. <laughs> like, I know yeah. life's been tough for you, but you don't have to brood on every single line. Um, yeah. It's like he can tell, it's like he really leans into the mysterious, sexy bad boy oh, thing. Yeah. And like, it's like, does it makes Ryan, sense. like, know he's doing it, or is Ben McKenzie just playing this up? Like, 
Because, like, Ryan... I think Ben McKenzie is playing up. Yeah. But it makes sense for the character that he knows, like, it's a defense mechanism to push people away. Mm -hmm. That makes sense for the character. But I genuinely think that Ben McKenzie is just, like, a bad boy. He watched um, Rebel Without a Cause and just did that. (laughs) We also, like, because Matt watched this with me, we were like, what the fuck is Marissa even doing? Why is she just standing at the edge of her driveway? Like, Matt was like, I think this is just hot girl shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up. (laughs) Which makes sense. But, like... I'm going to do that from now on. I'm just going to stand at the end of, like... I don't have a driveway, but I'm just going to stand in the street. I mean, I do that, but I'm but usually, like, at like least smoking you, I was, a cigarette yeah, or something. I was going to say, like, at least you smoke. Like, she she doesn't actually smoke. She she bums a cigarette off of Ryan and lights it off of his cigarette and, you know, hot girl shit still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even know if she, like, truly smokes. I think that was just hot girl shit. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but then her boyfriend comes and picks her up and we got our first glimpse of Luke who just, like, we, we hate him so far. At, th- at this point. I don't remember how redeemable he gets at some point, but at this point, we hate him. I think he does get redeemed a little bit. There's also the bit when Ryan is giving his, like, tragic backstory, Marissa goes, oh, you're the cousin from Boston. And he's like, yeah. "Yeah." And then Sandy comes out, and she's like, oh, Mr. Cohen, I met your nephew. And he's like, oh, yeah, my nephew from Seattle. And Ryan's like, oh, well, my dad lives in Boston. My mom lives in in seattle and she's like okay and she still believes that and then she gets into the car with luke like okay. yeah it's very funny luke is they, like okay. a chad drawing as well uh yeah he really is i also love that like sandy's like okay there's no smoking in this house and then ryan puts out a cigarette on the driveway he doesn't put it out he throws it on the ground and then like sandy does this little run to just go put out the cigarette after he throws it on the ground and it's just it's just such a cute little character moment <laughs> it's great and it makes i love it um so yeah he goes they go in and it's just like it's just kirsten and they have a maid and she's like Hi Ryan, um, this is Rosa. If you need anything, she'll be helping you. And then she kind of goes, like, gives some towels and sheets, and is like, "Go to the pool house, bye." Um, which is kind of weird. So Ryan goes to sleep, and then the next day he meets Seth, who, like yeah. a child, is sitting eating cereal and playing on his PlayStation Two. And he is completely hunched over. He has this full gamer hunch going on as he plays. <laughs> also, <laughs> sit on the floor for no reason there's fully a couch but he's sitting on the floor also i just want to mention in case you forgot that this was like 2003 as ryan walks into the house from the the thing we get to the full view of the infinity pool uh oh yeah because it's because it's very cool and new in 2003 to have an infinity pool and so we Mm -hmm. get we get that good glimpse of that um yeah but my, okay, this is one of my favorite parts of the episode when, like, so they're playing video games and, and Seth is just, Seth's just like, oh, do you want to play with me? And he's like, we could play GTA. You can, like, steal cars. <laughs> yeah, we could play Grand Theft Auto. You can steal cars. Yeah, no shit. Also, who hasn't heard of GTA? It's 2003. This is true. Um, it's just, I love that that's his first thing he has to say to Ryan. Just, yeah, yeah just you can immediately. Into that. <laughs> You'd be into that. Immediately puts his foot in his mouth. Oh, um, like and, it's in character. <laughs> yeah, but he, him and Ryan like play some video games. It's very cute. 
And then uh, Sandy comes in. He's like, why don't you two go outside? Like, full dad mode. He's like, go outside. Show Ryan something that's not a fucking video game. Um, so they go sailing. They go sailing. After Seth is like, there's nothing to do around here, dad. And it's like, you are rich, but go off. You're rich, <laughs> but he doesn't have any friends because he's a weirdo. So he has, like, no friends. Yeah. Um, I think there's a comic book store he goes to in one episode. Um, yeah. Because they have yeah, to make him, it. like, extra nerdy. Like, he can't just be like, oh, I'm kind of, you know, I don't really have, like, loads of friends. Like, I'm not very social. He's like, no, I'm really into comic books and um, I'm into music. I'm into movies. Uh, he's into everything. Yeah, um, he's into all that, yeah. you know, nerd boy shit. He's like the guy who wears the the t-shirt with another shirt underneath it so that you know he likes music. <laughs> he's yeah, he's very Sheldon-esque. He's um Yeah. One well, no, he's not quite that bad, but he's he, yeah. we're, we're almost Big Bang Theory level, but he's cute, so we let him get he's away with cute, it. He's cute and he's not like written the way Sheldon Big Bang Theory is like them writing him his awkwardness and if you don't play it with a laugh track on, it genuinely just is the most painfully awkward social situations you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it's it's not quite that bad. But yeah, he he does have the advantage of being cute and he he has some funny comments like some of them are just really cringe but every once in a while he does say something that is like pr- a funny sarcastic observation or something and you know if you're if you if you're like a teenage girl and you eat that shit up you'll love mm-hmm. Seth like it's, yeah yeah I feel like he's very non-threatening as well which if you're a teenage girl you're like oh my god a pretty boy who's like not threatening and would probably blush if I asked him out hell yeah um yeah so they go sailing. They're on this like little catamaran thing, which is called the Summer Breeze. Okay, so Seth explains that the boat is named after Summer, who he is in love with but has never spoken to, and also he wants to sail to Tahiti on this like it's like literally like a net and two like it's just a net. It's not even a proper boat. Yeah, like he's gonna um, die if he does this. He's gonna and he does. Well, he doesn't die. But he does do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's like, I want to sail to Tahiti and like bring summer. And Ryan is just staring at him like, this kid has fucking lost it. He says, that's pretty cool. Or yeah, he says, says, that sounds really cool, man. (laughs) When you're hanging out with like your weird cousin or like your friend, your mom's friend's kid who is like burning ants. And you're like, yeah, that's cool, dude. Yeah, uh, that's how. But for some reason, Warren like actually likes him. Yeah, I guess he just finds him like endearing. He's like, "Yeah, you are this rich kid, but like, whatever. You're nice, I guess." And I mean, Ryan probably knows if there is if he if Seth was like a little bitch and being really rude to him, he could take him and he could literally just mm. beat Seth up if he wanted to. Not that he wants to, but like he could if he no. had to. And he's probably just being nice to him because Sandy was nice to him, so he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, um, that's true. And they, yeah, so they like have their little sailing trip, and then. They meet Sandy. So this whole thing, yeah, there's like a fashion show. Um, and Sandy says, Oh, we should, we need to go to that because Marissa invited Ryan. And then, then Seth is like, Oh, you met Marissa? I've never spoken to Marissa. And it's weird because her dad nearly married my mum. And Sandy's like, <laughs> That's not true. Mad. Like, that's not true. Shut up. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very funny. And uh, as they're like walking in back into the house, Marissa's like watching them from her balcony in her low rise pants and just. Oh, I uh, love it. It's her low rise pants and her Henley top. Like, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I know it is literally California in the 2000s, but like, it's very California in the 2000s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get it on the fucking nose. And, uh, yeah, she, there's a knock at the door, so she goes to it, and it's these two guys who, like, in suits, they look like the fucking, the guys from Lilo and Stitch, like, they're ridiculously <laughs> intimidating, and then they hand over, like, a business card, and they're just from, like, they're just, like, tax people, I think, right? Yeah, they're, they're, like, maybe debt collectors collectors, maybe, they're, they're looking know. for money, basically, from Jimmy. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Jimmy, I can't remember what it was exactly. I feel like maybe he was doing like insider trading or something. Um, I guess we'll find out. He, yeah. We'll find out. But they're scary looking guys. They're not the FBI. They're like, we're looking for your father. And she's like, oh, I told you he's not here. Go away. If I find, if I hear anything from him, I'll let you know. Obviously, she's not going to do that. Um, she closes the door and goes into him. He's just in the office. Like, yeah, he's in the office and he's like, thanks. Jimmy is truly the worst character on the show, I think. Like, he, I think he was sympathetic when I was a teenager and I was like, he seems like a pretty nice guy who means well. But watching this as a 29 year old, I'm just like, he is like a white collar criminal who I'm, pr oh no, you know what he was doing? He was stealing money from his clients, I think. And then he oh, yeah. wasn't able to pay it back. So now he just owes money to like all these people. And so that's, he, he definitely is just like, they're running out of money. Like they're basically broke. And it's like, I don't have any sympathy for this rich man stealing money from other people, like getting in trouble with the law and then just, trying to hide it from his family and being a little bitch like i just i don't i can't sympathize with it anymore like i could when i was yeah. a teenager and also he's like we don't really touch on it that much but he's still like weirdly in love with kirsten and they live next door to each other yeah which is weird and like he yeah he ba that's it yeah he stole money to i don't know fund his wife and like daughter's lifestyle and stuff so he's ruined their lives because he couldn't say no you can't get a handbag yeah basically yeah because we do see a reference to that later when summer's like what like does your dad never say no to you getting stuff basically yeah so it's like well there's a reason for that there's a reason for everything summer yeah. um but yeah they explain this whole thing um it's this like fucking fashion show i mean it's all this stuff that is like in these tv shows that i never quite understand like it's just a rich people bullshit why would you have a fashion show you're not even like showing fashions you're wearing something from a department store it's for charity so like they do this every year for charity instead of just giving the money to charity they like have a fashion so show fundraiser so i guess everyone who attends has to like spend money and then it all goes to charity or something so they can pat themselves on the back and say look what we did for the pores uh -huh, um, tax write-off yeah exactly and it's just it's like they don't even look good like the, the people doing the fashion in this show like the outfits don't even the, their makeup they wear so much makeup but it's not done well <laughs> at all no they are wearing a lot of makeup, like yeah which does not make the girls look any younger um but they talk about this whole fashion show um 
It's very cute. Sandy teaches Ryan how to do a tie. It's so nice. I love the scene where they talk to each other and Sandy's like, yeah, it's nice to have that Seth has someone to hang out with. Like, he's a neat kid. And Ryan's like, yeah, he's cool. And Sandy just has this moment on his face where it's like, you can tell no one has ever called Seth cool in his entire life. And Sandy's just like, oh. You can tell Sandy's like, no, he's not. (laughs) <laughs> this kid is lying yeah. to me you can you can tell he's like okay he's a neat kid but he's not cool like you don't have to lie um yeah it's very cute though and well at first ryan's like oh i'm just not gonna wear a tie it's fine and like, then open collar Sandy's is like, good yeah yeah and then <laughs> sandy's like it's fine i didn't know how to tie a tie until i was 25 come here um it's adorable. It's the scenes I like. These are my two my two kings. Yeah. So I like to see them together. Mm-hmm, me too. I just love every scene where Sandy, like, does a read on Ryan, and then he's just very, like, let me help you because I know exactly what you're going through. Like, I've been there, mm-hmm. and I just – I love it so much. And then he also looks hot as fuck the whole time, too, so you're like, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dad mode activated. I fucking love it. Uh-huh. Um, so then, oh my god, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, she's Marissa's little sister in season one. <laughs> yeah, she comes back and she's like fucking 12 years older. And she's um, like, I deal she- drugs now. <laughs> <laughs> she is meant to be like 13. And she looks, she's played by like a 19 year old and she's like, I do drugs, I'm a bad girl. Like, mm. wait a second, what? Yeah, um, for now she's like 10 and Shailene Woodley, before Shailene, before Shailene Woodley was on Secret Life of the American Teenager. Yes, this is proto-Shailene. This mm. is our crossover episode. With drinking it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and this is also where we kind of see a bit more Julie, who's Marissa's mom, and she's like, Marissa, are you wearing the Donna Karen? <laughs> Does my hair look, is my hair too flat? Do I like Avril Lavigne? Uh, she's just <laughs> yeah. very kind of hoity-toity, a bit uh, vain and shallow. I she's guess she's very like housewife. Um, she could she could easily be on the Real Housewives of something. Yes, absolutely. She's she's like the trophy wife, um, and she looks great to me. But she also mm. is very like she does she. Some stuff come up in some future episodes that I. She's she's maybe she's she's a queen, but also she does some stuff that's very hmm, that's bad, problematic. I mean, if she was on Real Housewives of whatever, um, I'd be like, get this bitch off the show. But because is this is like Britain, I'm like, yeah, yes, queen, you marry a guy <laughs> who has a heart attack five seconds later. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Like, it makes for intriguing drama, even though some of it is stuff that, like, we'll get there in, like, ten episodes. But, like, (laughs) she has a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot more than we see in this episode. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she, yeah, character development. Um, uh, Then we go to this party, I guess. Um, Ryan has a drink because everyone is, like, being very everyone's just being annoying rich people mm-hmm. like oh i could never live in seattle it rains there i love living in california no one's noticed that his accent i mean i don't know where ben mckenzie's actually from but wouldn't his accent actually be like californian 
Uh, I imagine that being from Seattle, you wouldn't talk too differently than you would from California. Well, also think he's from but... Boston and Canada. Yeah, so, okay, so Canada, it depends. I feel like it depends on where you're from in Canada, because I think I can't tell that people sound, well, maybe that's because I'm Canadian. People, Some people I know are like, yeah, <laughs> Seth, I can obviously tell Seth Rogen's Canadian, and I'm like, I could never tell you that just from listening to him talk. I can tell you that from knowing about him, but not from hearing him. Um, yeah. Boston, it depends, because I know a couple people from Boston or like in and around Massachusetts who do not sound anything like Matt Damon. So, like, <laughs> I think I that just, might depend. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, like, very British of me because, like, I don't know, you go to the other side of London, people have different accents. Yeah. But I'm like, this person grew up, what, 20 minutes away from you? And you think he's from mm -hmm. Seattle or Boston? Like, they're just being, they're just being also, like, rude and annoying. Um, So he's, like, he tries to get a drink and then Kirsten... See, I said earlier today in the Discord, I'm going to call her Kristen. Kirsten uh, is behind him and she's like, no. He takes <laughs> a drink and says, you know, I I want Sandy to be right about you. Um, So he's all right. He understands. And then we see the fashion show. Like, it's, like we said, it's shit. Um, where there's no fashions at the fashion show. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There was one thing I had in my notes before this that I screamed about, which was, well, immediately after Luke calls Seth a queer, which was like very cool. Luke, oh, yeah. I hate you. Um, immediately after too, that. Just because it was so sudden. Like, he, like, he just goes, yeah. Like, Seth is like, oh, hey, Luke. And he's like, hey, queer. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was like, excuse me. Like, I know that people do use it as a slur, obviously even still but it's still very yeah. much just like oh okay but then immediately after that happened Sa sandy comes up to fucking ryan and seth talking and then sandy's just like hey is that summer and he and points at her he's pointing at her and and she's like six feet away and he's yeah. pointing and is like is that summer the girl you have a crush on seth <laughs> seth it's so funny I love it so much. Um, but yeah, then we get the fashion show and it's whatever. Marissa comes down the runway and then gives Ryan a look and Luke just sees her looking at Ryan. And as you can tell, Luke is just like, fuck this guy. This isn't going to be a problem later on, clearly. No, uh, I mean, she does just look at him, but he's like, he's yeah. steaming. He doesn't um, like it. We also got our first Sex in the City tie-in moment where Julie's like, she mentions the Manolos that Marissa either was going to wear or did end up wearing. And I was like, oh, like a Carrie Bradshaw. She's having a very Carrie Bradshaw moment. Uh -huh. um, yeah, this would have been right around the time it just ended. So very, very eerie. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, that is also like timeline wise, this would have just started the pilot came out like right as sex and city ended so we're we're getting into a new wave of television here mm -hmm. um and there's also like summers there i mean we don't really talk very much about summer she plays more of a role later i mean she's a bitch in this episode she oh, becomes she a much better character like later on but she's a bitch in this episode um but backstage they're like drinking and uh, being very like pie girl like oh my god should we have some vodka 
Uh, yeah, look what I stole. Oh yeah. my god, look what I stole. Uh, yeah. And then Jimmy Cooper is like having a fucking mental breakdown in the toilets, and Ryan is just there washing his hands, like <laughs> king shit, washing his hands. He, he love it, but he doesn't even <laughs> say anything. He's just like, okay, yeah, it's a lot. He leaves, and then um. So Ryan gets invited to this beach house party from Summer because Summer is like, ooh, who's this guy? I'm going to find out who he is. And Mm -hmm. she invites Ryan and then Ryan is like, oh, hey, Seth, uh, we're invited to this party and Summer invited me, us, uh, so we should go. And Summer's, or Seth's like, oh, okay, uh, let's go to this party, I guess. And Swing Swing by the All-American Rejects is playing, soundtrack check, uh, as they climb into the back of this jeep and then it fades in as they get to the party to hands up from the black eyed peas from their uh their album elephant which i was a big fan of when i was in the uh when i was in middle school <laughs> elephant was a banger let's be real it, it was um, the thing yeah yeah so so like yeah they get to this party also brian says oh summer asked for you by the way like he says this said like, Oh yeah, someone asked for you. L. Um, don't do that. At the party though, people it's like pitch black outside and people walking around in bikinis. Which people I know are doing is kind cocaine. Uh-huh. They're doing cocaine and shisha. Uh-huh. Which... There's also the world's tallest bong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also <laughs> Matt and I were talking and we're like, it's very funny that some of the people at this party are just like 35 and we couldn't tell if they were meant to be 35 or if they just are 35. Like, are they meant to be teenagers? Like, some of the people here just look old. (laughs) I think they're meant to be teenagers. I would, I would guess everyone's meant to be teenagers, possibly college students. Um, but yeah, everyone looks so old. Um, they're, and like, they're doing cocaine, like, out in the open, which I'm like, that's not, I don't know if that's a teenage drug. Um, I do know that some, so when I was in high school, like, no, no one I knew had done, did coke, but like, when I was older and I was like, maybe just graduated, I did hear about how, like, one of my good friends, like, her little sister's friends sometimes did it. Like, I don't think her little sister did, but like, there, I have heard about people that I went to high school with who did do coke in high school, which is wild, but... My, yeah, my friend, like, little sister's friends were doing coke, and I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Because, like, the year before, I was, like, half chaperoning one of their parties, and they were nursing beers. Um, yeah. So I was like, what? I mean, I guess it is a thing, but like, is it for the pilot episode? And also like showing them smoking, which was a big deal. Yeah, um, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you never see characters smoking, just like characters casually smoking, really. Yeah, Especially teenagers. pretty much completely been cut out of television now, at least network television. Like, I feel like if yeah. there was like a... Like, like if it was like cable television airing now, you could see teenagers smoking. Like, I'm sure that you saw them smoking on like Shameless or whatever, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like, yeah, not on like, you would never see like Archie Andrews started smoking on Riverdale or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it's just like, he just like picked up the habit and it's just a thing he does now. Like, they're just eating in the diner and he's like, okay, I'm going to go outside and smoke. And everyone's yeah. just like, okay. 
No yeah. one's like, Archie, how dare you smoke? <laughs> no, they just do jingle jangle instead. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a fake drug they have, isn't it? Yeah, they, they got a few of those. Uh, they, the, none of the main characters currently do it or they may have done it like once but they don't they don't really do it it's more of a drug that you know like the ghoulies do it and so you hear about ghoulies i don't know (laughs) they're like this they're like this other gang that's not the serpents who are like they're like the bad gang but the serpents are like the good gang so the good gang yes yeah um gangs known for being good um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's yeah. There's also bathtub threesomes happening in this fucking there's party. There's a bathtub threesome. When they walk into the party, Ryan has another very cheesy line where he just says, Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, and yeah, everyone's just going fucking crazy at this party. People are getting like their boobs felt up in the main room. You know? Yeah. And like, we also get a lot of shots where we kind of start getting the impression that Marissa is using substances to cope with her life and yeah, how it's the going way right now. Yeah. The way she's pouring vodka into this drink made me feel sick. And I wasn't even drinking it. She's just like blindly like lugging it in. <laughs> like, the drink starts is the opposite measurements of what you would probably do. Like, if yes. you did, like, a healthy double shot of vodka and then some cranberry juice, she put, like, two shots of cranberry juice and then the rest is vodka in a highball glass. I was, I was like, I wanted to throw up. I wanted can, to puke. Yeah, and you can tell that she's kind of trying to hide it from her friends because she kind of does it when they look away a little bit. Like, she's trying to, like, mask a little bit that she is, like, Going through a lot. She's having a normal one mm-hmm. and using alcohol to try to cover that up. Um, but yeah, we, we very much see that she's kind of doing this in the background. And yeah, you know what? I do get it. Cause like her, she clearly knows something is up with her dad. She sees the business card of the people who are coming for money. Her also, like, she doesn't quite know it yet, but her boyfriend is a disgusting creep. Um, we get this scene where Marissa's not there, but Luke's just talking to this girl and just fucking Okay, I died because this girl starts flirting with Luke and she's just like, isn't it like so beautiful, the sand and the water? It's like you live in California. It's the opposite of Anakin Skywalker, which like, fun (laughs) fact, isn't uh, Rachel Bilson who plays Summer married to Hayden Christensen? Is she? I don't know. I I think they had a baby. Wow. I don't know. Someone important fucked Hayden Christensen had a baby with him um but otherwise like yeah she's like the sand and like the ocean it's beautiful and then it's beautiful and he's like do you want to go swim and she's like what about Marissa and he's like it's it's cool so they go and Ryan sees and is you know meant he's like I'm gonna mentally note this down Uh I fucking hate this dude and then uh yeah, so like a lot happens at this party. And then Summer comes over to Brian at one point and um she's really wasted uh and tries hitting on him and like it's just she spills her drink on him on like his crotch, I guess, and she's like trying to pat it off and he's like pushing her away, like stop. Uh, and yeah. then Seth comes out, sees Rachel like all over Ryan, even though he's clearly trying to push her away. Um mm-hmm. And then Seth throws a fucking tantrum 
and <laughs> like loudly shouts, um, why don't you just go back to Chino? I'm sure there's a car in the parking lot you can steal. Yeah, and then this is where we get the classic line of Chino, ew, <laughs> which is ew. just eternal. Yeah, and Summer, I think, calls him Chino for like at least a couple seasons. Yeah, she calls um, him that for a while. It's like, haha, you're poor. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the party is like, ew. Like, everyone looks at him with disgust knowing that he's poor. He's poor and he's from Chino. And, uh, yeah, they're all very kind of grossed out by it. Seth is fairly drunk at this point, I think. It doesn't excuse him having this tantrum over, like, clearly not being able to even remotely read Ryan's body language. But um, he, like, wanders down to the beach. And then these guys start picking on him. And, like, okay, does he deserve this? Not from them for no reason, but also, yes, for other reasons. Um, they they start, like, lifting him and putting him upside down, and Seth's just like, this would be so cliche if you beat me up, so I think you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, they... I mean, it's no point. They just randomly start, like, wanting to beat him up for no real reason. Um, just that he's kind of weird, I guess. Um, are they... They're fully, like, jumping him, though. Because there's, like, five... There's, like, four or five of them, and they're all just actually beating the shit out of him. First, they're kind of just, like, pushing him around a bit, and then they start punching him. So Ryan runs over, beats the... Sh- tries to get Luke. Luke punches him uh, in the scuffle. That's when he's like, Welcome to the OC, bitch! This is how uh, it's done in the Orange County! Yeah! And then they go away. Um... The the boys, our boys, go home. Um, oh, we also didn't mention there was like a scene between um, Kirsten and Jimmy. Where Jimmy's oh, walking yeah. the dog, she's taking the bins out, and he's like, and there's like a lot of chemistry going on. And they're like, oh, did you ever, did you ever expect our life would be like this? <laughs> um, yeah, and they're just talking about like, because Marissa comes home late a lot, and then Kristen's just like, yeah, Seth never leaves the house, so this is a bit weird for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, Marissa comes out. Marissa always comes home late, so I don't care about my child. Um, yeah, it's fine. And then Julie <laughs> pops her head out the door, and she's just like, Jimmy, did you get my froyo? And then he's like, sorry, I forgot. Like, what do you mean? You, you just, you're taking the dog out. Were you supposed to walk and get froyo? I don't. I, where are they? They're in the suburbs. Where is in, like, walking froyo distance before it gets, like, melted? I don't know. Um, and it seems like it's, like, one in the morning at this point. But. Yeah, it seems pretty late. Um, but he's, so he's like, oh, I forgot. But I'll go back and get some. She's like, okay, pistachio. Yeah. That's good I shit. I love it. Um, and yeah, so the boys come home. They uh, go to the pool house, obviously, to like not make noise in the house. Um, Seth just like crashes, but is saying like, oh, you're a good dude. You know, I really like you. I had a nice time, blah, blah, blah. But immediately crashes and falls asleep. He's like, now I'm on Summer's radar. She knows who I am now. That's the first time I talked to her. And it's just like, dude, dude, what? Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, she was trying to fuck the guy, like, right next to you, but okay. Um, and so he immediately falls asleep. Ryan goes out for another cigarette. Um, I love, oh, I love the last cigarette before bed. It's beautiful. It's the best one. Um, 
And yeah, he goes out for another cigarette. Um, and we see Summer and this other girl dropping off Marissa and she is blackout. She is completely passed out. Like she's not moving. They lift her up and put her on like in front of the door. They can't find her keys. So they just drive away. Um, and they're she's clearly just, shit-faced. They're also shit. They're also drunk driving. And yeah, Marissa is just gone. She is passed out. Um, so Ryan goes to pick her up. Ugh. And he's like got her in his arms and he puts her in the pool house bed. The music playing is very, like, Ryan is a good guy. Yeah, he's really sweet. He just picks her up. He first tries to, like, find her key and stuff because he's not shit-faced and mm-hmm. he he can't find it so he just carries her and puts her in the pool house bed and then he like sleeps on some cushions elsewhere yeah on the floor mm-hmm. it's and, sweet uh, though it's sweet i watched the music in this scene because it is very romantic that's a good question i know that i'm not sure if it's this scene or later in the episode but they it one of the scenes near the end of the episode was honey in the moon um yeah i think I this might have been it it might have been this scene yeah yeah so and then the next morning she's just gone but it was cute nonetheless uh kirsten yeah. comes in screaming also the next morning and is like what happened to your face why are you home so late you're obviously <laughs> drunk um makes it pretty clear to ryan that he should go home now yeah yeah and she like drags Seth into the house and then she goes out as sandy comes home sandy's been surfing he's like done surfing already and he's just like hey what's up and kirsten's like yeah i don't want him in this house anymore like seth got in a fight that never would have happened if ryan wasn't here and then sandy says don't salt his game hun (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like sandy's right like maybe seth should have been in a fight because it seems like should have. Yeah. It seems like he doesn't have any friends. Um, and he like never goes out. Um, is he got into a fight? Like, and they don't even know the reason behind the fight. Yeah, they don't. They just, yeah. I'm pretty sure Seth would have been like, um, some guys were picking on me and then Ryan came to my rescue. That's why we got into the fight as opposed to like, I don't know, he was just drunkenly fighting people randomly. Yeah, um, he wasn't, like, being aggressive or anything like that. No. Yeah. He was just Sandy's being picked good. on, but he went out and, like, still had a nice time or whatever. He did. Anyway. Yeah, and um, Sandy is just like, look, I think it's nice that he has someone to hang out with. He doesn't have friends. Like, I'd way rather have him hang out with Ryan than just some trust fund kid who just, like, wants a new car. Like, I don't know. I think this is good for him. And... I think that Sandy's a king. I do too. I mean, Sandy seems to have thought this through, which I've also thought about, which is like, what if, for example, I do marry someone rich, you know, because we're all like, gold digging, Anne Nicole Smith, whatever. What if I do marry someone rich and then I have a kid and then I'll fuck, now my kid's a rich kid. What yeah. I'm like... You need to make them not be annoying about it. Because there are people who are born into, like, wealth that are chill. They're few and far between. between. They do exist. I have met people who have, like, you know, come from well-off backgrounds, but they're pretty, like, down. Like, they're normal. Um, So it kind of makes sense. He's like, no, give him a fucking normal friend. They need, like, a wake-up call. 
it's, yeah, keep it's him humble. Yeah, it's very much like you know the daughter in Knives Out who is yes. like the girl who's like, yeah, no, I'm woke. I know I'm rich, but like I have all these friends who are, you know, like normal people from university and I'm woke and I think that, you know, it's good that she should get this money. But then when push comes to shove, when it really comes down to it at the end of the day, you still care about your rich family more than you care about like actual real people's lives. And like, I think Seth really could really needs to have some exposure to literally anything outside of that bubble of the earth yeah Mm -hmm. i think sandy realizes it's probably a good idea for seth to have friends before he gets to university or college and he's already kind of set in his ways do you know what i mean like before that age of like oh well i'm i'm an adult so i'm growing like no and you kind of as Weird as this sounds, I think when you're a teenager, you kind of need to have experiences where, like, you go to a party, you maybe have a couple more drinks than you're meant to, you get into a fight, you come home, you're hungover, you learn your lesson, not to drink too much, let's not get into fights, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, like, normal development. I think something roughly like that happens. If Seth is never going out and never has friends, he's going to be fucking Mark Zuckerberg by the time he gets to college. Sandy's yeah. already seen this shit. He, he's not letting it happen to his boy. So yeah. I respect that. No, for sure. And, time, yeah. yeah. And at the same time, Ryan's a good kid who just needs someone to, like, care about him and give him a bit of, you know, a mm-hmm. kick up the arse. And yeah. he'll be, like, he'll do good things. So Sandy's, like, not happy about it, but also understands that his wife kind of calls the shots. Yeah, this is true. I mean, she is the one who, I guess, probably pays for the most of what they have. And she she makes points that are like, you talk about how, you know, you want people to, like, you, you know, you want Seth to experience the outside world, but, like, you seem pretty comfortable in this bubble we have here in this suburban rich environment. And he's like, yeah, I the thing is I know what is outside of that bubble and I know that there is other stuff out there and other types of people and this is so far from everything that the world is and yeah and it's like yeah. different it's different for like Sandy cuz I mean he works in that world so if at the weekends he wants to go surfing and he wants a nice car fine whatever like mm-hmm. that's a bit different to um never leaving the bubble at all i mean kirsten works like for her dad yeah and has clearly like grown up there so it's not like she's seen outside yeah no she barely has like there's a brief reference earlier in the episode where her and jimmy are talking and they're talking about like the fun they had when they were like 22 or whatever and like the stuff like she she mentions at one point like what was it like living in the back of a van or something yeah remember. she was like in a male van and she was yeah. 22 and she was like i smell like patchouli what's wrong with patchouli bitch like i'm guessing it was just like a very brief rebellious phase and then mm-hmm. she eventually realized okay well you know my family is rich and can take care of me forever even if i don't always agree with my dad is just very like and i mean her even marrying sandy in the first place was definitely something that her family didn't love for her to do but like it's, she's still, regardless of that, is coming from 
that extreme wealth of <laughs> and she is yeah. very much in that bubble even if she had like a rebellious year where she went elsewhere it's not the same when you have the whole time your family to fall back on it's like rent again where it's like i'm sorry but like how am i supposed to sympathize with these people for being poor when they have these you know wealthy white families they can just fall back on if they need to like i just i don't mm-hmm. know yeah exactly she can rebel as much as she wants because she's got a rich she's a pretty blonde lady mm-hmm. with like a rich white family that's in america you can pretty much do whatever you want at that point so yeah you know her being salty about it was like whatever um mm-hmm. but yeah she so like ryan is also cooking breakfast and she comes back in and he's like i cook breakfast so my mom can't really cook and uh she's uh-huh. passed out or the week like she's passed out um and he's made breakfast for them and he's put it all on the table and then he goes and it's so fucking sad it um, is really sad he made like two full plates of bacon he made enough bacon for like 15 people yeah he made loads of bacon i'm yeah and uh he goes upstairs to say goodbye to seth he's back in his room um and seth gives him a little map of the pacific ocean is like you know if there's anywhere you want to go and is saying that he'll come up and see him and Chino and they can still be friends and stuff. And it's, yeah. it's sweet. It's a sweet moment. Were you surprised at how small Seth's bed was? It's tiny. His bedroom it, is like tiny. Considering how rich massive person. his house is. Yeah. He, he like, has like a single bed. Yeah. Yeah. He has a single bed. He has like a normal fucking bedroom. It looks like, like a bedroom from Malcolm in the Middle or something. Like, yeah. It's, not- it's purple though, which is pretty sick. That's but fun. I just, I expected for a rich kid, he would at least have a queen size bed to himself. But it's like a fucking single. It is, it is, it is the size of the bed that I had when I lived in a studio apartment. Yeah, it's not, it's not big at all. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, my bedroom right now is bigger. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's sweet. And then, then what do they do? Um, then they go home. Back, it's like repeating the like the credits i guess um yeah. uh they drive back to chino uh back to ryan's house and this is fucking sad okay so yeah. the place is like gutted empty um his parent like his mom has just moved and there's a note written on the counter we don't even see what it says like ryan doesn't even say anything um which is so fucked up they just left and didn't tell him mm-hmm yeah, they're just gone. And, like, Sandy – well, he he drops Ryan off, but, like, he even though he doesn't, like, immediately come out of the car, he doesn't just drive away. Like, he kind of just waits a bit, I guess, because he's – I'm guessing probably just because, you know, he actually cares if Ryan is, you know, getting home safe and isn't immediately being kicked back out. And, yeah. like, after Ryan kind of leaves – Yeah. He, I was going to say, like, he knocks on the door. Um, I guess because you would be like, uh, hi, your kid's been staying at my house for the past day or so, you know. Yeah. You would expect to introduce yourself or to them to want to speak to you. Um, so uh-huh. I guess that's also why he knocks on the door. And yeah, he cares that Ryan got home safe and isn't being immediately kicked back out. Yeah. And he, like, he 
the, Ryan has like fully left the door open too after getting home. It's not like he just got home, closed the door, and then Sandy came and knocked. Like he just left it wide open as he went in and checked and saw everything was empty. And then Sandy's kind of like, hmm, this this seems a little fucked up. Maybe I should go check on him. And it's it's a really nice moment where because Ryan is just like, well, I have literally nothing. Because like part of Kirsten's argument was. Look, Sandy, I want him to go home because he has a family and it's not up to you to judge if they're a good enough family for him. Like, I know it sucks, but like, it's not your job to do that. But then like when he takes Brian home, it's like, well, he literally doesn't have a family at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, Kirsten's like, I don't know if it even makes sense from her. Like he got punched in the face. Um, and I get that, like, maybe before anything happens, um, Sandy should speak to his parents and explain, you know, he's been staying with me. But, like, he got kicked out when he's a teenager. Um, and yeah, he's been physically assaulted by someone who's meant to be a parental figure. So I would say that's fair game enough. And also yeah. it seems like his mom was... A- at the very least, emotionally abusive. I know she was kicking off because he'd just been arrested, and that's fair. That's like fair enough reason to be mad at him. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if yeah. it's not his place particularly. I feel like he's a lawyer; he can make a sound judgment. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like in the real world, if that happens, you, as the lawyer, you probably immediately find something else like. I don't know, maybe foster care or something, but like, as we all know, you know, like the foster system is pretty busted and like, I don't think Sandy mm. thinks that's acceptable probably. Like, he no. doesn't say anything about it, but like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, what is he just going to be, you know, tossed around this foster system until he turns 18? Or like, can we maybe give him a caring home at the moment where, you know, he has a chance to thrive and maybe yeah, do well? Yeah. They do mention, like, because I think in the next few episodes, possibly just the next one, um, they mention, like, okay, well, obviously we need to get him to foster care or, like, the official kind of, you know, you need to go about this the state-sanctioned way, at least. Like, you can't just be staying there because he needs to go to school and, you know, they can't enroll as his, they can't be his legal guardians. Like, they have the conversation about should he be in foster care? Um, can he stay with anyone else? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and obviously, for the point of the show, they come to the agreement that Ryan can stay there indefinitely. However, yeah, I think they do have that conversation. Um, yeah, they're gonna have to, especially since we know school is starting soon, because in the, in this episode, they talk about how, like, oh, they do this fashion show every year at the start of the school year. Seth, aren't you excited for the school year to start? And Seth's just like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Like, fa- every day is a fashion show for these weirdos. <laughs> what am I just gonna see the same people again every day? And it's like, I mean, you're right, but also shut up. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> yeah. So, the, and like, as soon as Sandy sees that everything's empty, he just looks at, oh, just looks at Ryan and goes, well, come on then. Like, well, let's go home. Yeah, let's go home. Like, oh, and then that's where the episode ends with like yeah. Brian going home with him again. Um, ugh. king shit. I literally love him so much. Like, I fucking love Sandy Cohen. Just 
compassionate man. We love him. King, bushy eyebrows, the full hair, the just, the, that beautiful face. And just, we love, we love someone who cares about people genuinely. I can't yeah. wait to see the the upcoming episodes. I'm so excited to watch this. I know. It's like such the opposite of fucking I mean, not that at the beginning we were excited, but I just feel like, no, I'm excited to watch this. Like I can easily watch an hour of this like a week. Fine. Yeah. It's a and good I'm excited, show. I'm excited about how many of our friends have not seen the OC before. Like I know like Summer made the the new art for our playlist, so shout out to Summer, but they also had never seen the OC before. And I'm like, I am just so excited. I think like I have a couple friends who were like, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna like go and watch the show along with the podcast or like rewatch it. Um so I'm very excited for people who have never seen it before. Even if they're not watching the show along with the podcast to just engage with it because Genuinely, this show has it has like two seasons worth of drama packed into like the first half of the first season. Oh yeah. And it, so it, like it, yeah. Oh we get into it. Like it's a lot. And also this is so much drama happens. There are so many people who like had gone on who have gone on to like have more su- successful careers. Like there's a lot of like celebrity guest stars. You know, yeah. like Chris Paris Pratt Hilton. is in this. Paris Hilton, the selfie is the autograph of the 21st century. It is. We get Olivia Wilde eventually. Um, oh my god, the bisexual storyline. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. There's a lot. So we're gonna see a lot of uh, interesting, a lot of interesting cameos, some really, really interesting stories. I'm just, I'm so excited for the drama. I was so invested in this when I watched it live. Like, I just, I was so invested. There was so much going on. The first season of the show literally just, it kills me. It, it's just, it is just, it is so much. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. I rec- yeah, I recommend doing a watch along for this series. I think it's good. Um, and what else was I going to say? Also, if you're watching this uh, as a newbie, please keep an eye out for Ryan Atwood's Choker. Um, yeah. Quite possibly the most iconic male jewelry item there is. Underrated as well. I'm obsessed with it. That he just mm-hmm. has this black choker on and like the white, the white t-shirt and the motorcycle jacket. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Love it. There is, yeah, it's it's just a lot. There's a lot to watch out for. I think one thing I'm going to do as we go through these episodes is, so there's there's this really, uh, I don't want to say shitty website because I love it, but um, <laughs> it, it looks kind of like an older kind of website from the 2000s called the ocmusic.co.uk. And it is just, if you, if you want an episode by episode guide of the music from each episode, I'm going to be definitely looking at this after every single episode to, you know, go through all the songs because the music in the OC is a pretty big part of it. They had, if you, if you were not aware of it at the time, they put out multiple soundtracks. So there was like the yes. OC mix one, the OC mix two, then there was like a Chrisma mix. And then there was like, oh, there were Chris several. Yes, I'm several so excited soundtracks. for Chris. I, <sighs> Same. I am so excited for Chrisma. Chrisma is. Ever, I in my head, I do call like the holiday season. I'm like, oh, it's Christmaca. Yeah. Also, I just went to look, and the track that was playing as Ryan carries Summer back into the house is "Into Dust" by Mazzy Star. Oh, of course, it's Mazzy Star. Um, 
yeah it's great and i'm excited for the little music breakdowns because yeah i feel like i don't know if it was this or twilight that introduced me to death cap for qe but either way mm-hmm. it's i'm really happy good. with that yeah <laughs> i i think this is what introduced me to death cab for cutie but i didn't really get into them until after i stopped watching the oc like i this made me aware of like the sound of settling but then i didn't really oh, yeah. fully listen to like plans or transatlanticism until later this website the music one that i referenced uh the ocmusic.co.uk they have a very funny link on the side because they have one that's like oh the links to all of the you know episode one episode two the music from each episode or from each season and they have one one link called the Seth Cohen starter pack. And these are the five essential items. The first one is Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie. Seth's fave band and arguably their definitive album, a must-have for any Seth-obsessed fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I love Transatlanticism, so I'm not going to say no to that. But, like, it's a lot. I'm I So I had a look at this website, and they also have, like, a link to skinsmusic.co.uk. Which, oh, love the skins, that. the skin soundtrack. I can't remember where. I think it might have been on iTunes or somewhere. But I definitely remember finding playlists of the songs from Skins and playing them at like top volume while my like while my parents were out of the house. Um, oh, so good. That's incredible. Yeah, this really did introduce a lot of music to a lot of people. Like, I know that there's like, they play Rilo Kylie in season two. There's, um, Sufian. I know at one point they play for the Widows in Paradise for the Fatherless Nipsilanti. Yes. Uh, there's, I mean, Death Cab, obviously. There's the Shins. I have a lot of musical cues from this show just gr- ingrained in my head. Like, there is a moment where they play Ride by, the vines i want to say in season one and just i i just have that moment and that scene ingrained in my brain of exactly how how it plays out and (laughs) yeah there's a lot i mean the most iconic oc music is of course um what you say i mean i know that's not the name of the song but combined with the jason derulo like combine the meme with the jason derulo song it's all mm-hmm. I can hear from it. <laughs> I genuinely forget what the song is actually called. Uh, oh, it's fucking... Hide and um, Seek. It's Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't get enough of it. It's yeah. so good. The show just – one of the influences this had on me, too, was that there is a point in the show where Seth says he listens to emo music and – like Death Cab for Cuties' favorite band. So for a long time, my association with emo was like Death Cab for Cutie. That was like what I considered to be emo music, just entirely because of Seth Cohen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he's like classic emo. Yeah. But as in, yeah, before it got to like My Chemical Romance. But I don't – that's just kind of boring. Yeah. It's kind of more just like soft boy music. I don't really know yeah, what to call exactly. it. <laughs> but yeah, the soundtrack's a huge part of the show. So I'm super excited to talk about that as it I mean, even this this episode hit me like a truck. So yeah. um I kinda wanna I kinda wanna do rankings for the main four characters again, like we did in Sex in the City. But I feel like it's gonna be the same. I feel like you know how in Sex in the City, like Carrie was always like the bottom one? I feel like it's gonna be like that, except Seth is like always gonna be the bottom one. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say for this episode, like, Summer is at the bottom. Oh, yeah, but- Summer's the bottom for this one for me. Like, I think Ryan is the top, and then Marissa, then Seth, and then Summer for this one. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's going to be pretty consistent most of the time, I think. Yeah. Except Seth and Summer getting switched at some points. But Ryan, I think, will be pretty consistently the top. Like, he punches people. That's what he does. Like, he's, he's tough. He's tough, but soft. And he, like, punches people who deserve it. So I think he's justified. It was funny, though, we were watching this episode, and it's just, like, Kirsten being like, Sandy, I hope you're right about him. Like, I hope he's good. And then we get to the party, and I'm just like, hmm, I sure hope Brian doesn't punch anyone here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's... It's good. I'm very excited. We don't have any questions this week because this is our very first episode. But if you want to send us questions, we do have a Tumblr, which is still citygirlsmakedo.tumblr.com. Uh, I don't know if I'll change that at some point to like CGMD or County Girls or something. But right now mm-hmm. it's still City Girls Make Do. Um, send us questions. You can also send us questions on Twitter if you want to, if you just want to like DM us or reply to any of our posts or anything. We are City Girls Make Do on Twitter still. And Mm -hmm. if you want to become a patron of us, we are patreon.com slash CGMD. So that one did change to CGMD. Yeah. Because we are still CGMD. We're both city girls and county girls. We're now county girls. We're beach girls. Like, you know, West Coast, Best Coast. It it is literally in my blood to say West Coast, Best Coast. (laughs) You can't take – you can take the girl out of the sea, but not the sea out of the girl. We're still still city girls at heart, but, like, we're just enjoying the sunshine. Exactly. Um, So if you want to follow us or subscribe to us on Patreon, that would be amazing. We are – offering some very fun content for you to get to listen to if you donate to us on there. Uh, so at the $1 level, you're a haymower, and it gives you a special role in our Discord. It gives you access to any of our bo- bonus content. So um, we've been doing the Keanu podcast for like a year now. We think we have 11 mm-hmm. episodes out. So there's the backlog of that. We're doing those like about once every month. Uh, the most recent one that we did was John Wick. So that one was a wild ride. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we do those pretty often. And then you also get access to the few episodes of Mummy Mailbag that we did uh, as well. And you also get access to a secret Discord channel of exclusive Looker and Nanu pics that you won't see anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) So very exciting. Um, If you're not in our Discord yet, we have the link on our Patreon, on our Tumblr, on our Twitter. Like, Go to any of those. The link's in our bio there. Uh, If you're the $5 tier, then we love you uh at that tier you get access to all the one dollar stuff plus you get an even specialer discord role plus you get a shout out on the podcast every week and also if you want to submit stuff for me to read in steve voice i can read it in steve voice for you miranda like if you want me to say <laughs> welcome to the oc bitch miranda <laughs> this miranda. is how it's done in the o- in orange county uh then i can do that for you so submit those things for me uh maybe as we go on there will be some new voice for me to be able to do I um, hope so. Or maybe I'll find a voice. Who knows? Maybe you'll have a voice. And at the $10 level, you're Mr. Big Spender. Uh, you can do all the stuff from the previous tiers. Plus, you can also listen to us record live every week if you want to. So uh, if you want to do that, then that would be amazing. And we would love you infinitely. 
Um, mm-hmm. So everyone who donates at the $5 level up gets a shout-out. So shout-out to Alex Shaup, Summer Geist, Jennifer Snyder, Matt Ribeiro, Jess Ayalachi, and Siberian Pine Hardwood. We appreciate it so much, and you keep us going every week. Yes, thank you guys so much. We love you. Many kisses through the ether. Yeah, I wish I could kiss you on the face for real. Uh, but unfortunately, space and pandemic prevent me from doing that. But you <laughs> know that day. I'm sending those. I'm sending them to you physically and psychically. So mm-hmm. if you feel a ki- if you feel your forehead ruffle, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that is. Uh, we love you, and we love all our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Really excited to keep going and bring you along on this uh, Orange County journey with me. Every single time they say OC on the show, I'm literally just thinking Arrested Development Boys. Don't call it that. <laughs> but it's- I wonder if... Anyone yeah. actually like from the OC actually calls it that? What if someone's like, know. "Oh yeah, I'm from the or- I'm from the orange." Oh yeah, I'm from the orange. Uh, I have no idea. I know that when I went to Disneyland when I was like in grade eight or so, I because Disneyland is in the Orange County, I guess in that mm-hmm. region. Um, yeah, it's like it's like a yeah. Because I always for some reason I always thought Chino was where Disneyland was. But it's not far mm. away. Chino's like a little bit more inland than yeah. Orange County. But when I went to Disneyland when I was like in grade eight, I got a shirt from in California that said OC on it. And it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, like the OC, the show. And I was so excited. I loved it. <laughs> and now you're like the original character. Yes. Now it's, you know, original character do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's it for the, that's it for our episode this week. But uh, we'll be back soon with episode two, the model home, and uh, hopefully we get to punch more rich kids. Woo woo. Okay. Woo woo. Bye gamers. Bye gamers. Mohe every day. Fuck cops. Fuck cops. And kiss Keanu square on the lips. Mwah. Mwah. We got more bouncing California than all y'all combined. We got more bouncing California. Yeah. Excuse me for a while, but it's time to propagate. 